Okay, well, I'm delighted to be joined by the wonders of technology by former Peachtree United goalkeeper David Seaman. First and foremost, David, how are you keeping in these uh, in these times? Um, yeah, doing okay. You know, I've been cutting a lot of grass. My grass now looks like Wembley. It's been cut that much, um, but yeah, it's been it's been okay. I'm fortunate. I live out in the countryside, so we've got a bit of space to uh, to go and enjoy ourselves. In I should say. Um, I want to talk to you about your, your time at Peachtree United. Um, you, you joined, obviously, from Leeds. Can you tell me um, a little bit about how that move came about? Because I understand, obviously, Martin Wilkinson um, was uh, at Leeds with you. And then when you were told there was no future at Leeds, he came a-calling. Yeah, that's right. You know, I was, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's well known that I've always been a Leeds fan. You know, so I went there as an apprentice, to, uh, apprentice at uh, 16, did two years apprenticeship, then a year as a pro. And by that time, I'd like I'd almost got to like the reserve team goalkeeper, you know. And John Luke, it was ahead of me. Um, but then uh, I think it was Alan Clark was manager who got sacked along with Martin, um, who was his assistant. And it was strange, you know, because I was like looking forward to a season as a reserve, reserve team goalkeeper, and then I just got a call to go to um, Eddie Gray's office, who was the manager at the time. And I went in there and he said, look, he said, I'm going to have to get a, a more experienced goalkeeper. I'm going to have to let you go. And I was like, I was devastated, you know, because I was only 19. And to be told something like that, you know, from a player like that, from one of your idols, I was like, oh, my God, you know, I'm a, I'm a, so I'm not good enough to be a footballer. So I, I went home and I remember crying my eyes out and, and not really knowing what I was going to do. Um, and luckily... It was about a week later that I got a call off Martin. And obviously, Martin had heard that I'd been, been released. Um, <laughs> I remember the first thing I said to me then, I went to my dad. I said, Dad, I went, where's Peterborough? Because <laughs> as a 19-year-old, I, I hadn't got a clue. You know, and then I realised it was like quite a way. But um, one of the biggest things I remember about when I joined the club was that when I went down and we started having tours, I went down with my dad. There was no days of agents, things like that. And, you know, I remember me and my dad walking around the pitch and refusing Martin's first offer and saying, no, that's not enough. And you know, my dad's like, don't agree anything, don't agree anything. I'm sure we can get some more, <laughs> as you do when you're negotiating. You know, the 19-year-old, I was like wide open. I was like, what is going on? But I remember that, that realizing that Peterborough, it, it, it's, it's a big place. You know, and, and there was a lot of fans and this, you know, it meant a lot to a lot of people. And that's the biggest thing that really struck me that from going from reserve football to being Peterborough's number one, it was like a massive jump to me, or a massive jump for me and a massive shock as well. You remember, uh, I say, talking to um, the historian who obviously spoke to you previously, he said that you sort of had a look at the pitch and it made it feel a little bit real. Because, as you say, when you're used to sort of playing youth team football, reserve team football, you, you're not used to seeing how big everything is. I know, you're not, you know, well, you, you're used to like playing in stadiums because I remember playing for Leeds Reserves when I was 16. It was actually on my 16th birthday. And I think it was up at Man United, you know, so I played in some big grounds, but. But getting to Peterborough and then realizing that, you know, this was this was like proper football, and then and it weren't until I started playing that I knew I had to learn fast because I was 19, 19 year old lad that was like wafer thin, and I was playing against seasoned pros. I was playing against men, you know, and every time I was going up for the ball, I was getting hit there and everywhere, and if I didn't get hit, it was a bonus, you know, and it was a I had to learn quick. But 
it, it really put you know put a lot of experience under my belt for later on in my career. Yeah. Did you actually move down on your own? Did you move down with your family? Did they did they come and visit? How did it work? No, I moved down with my girlfriend at the time. Um, we moved into Autumn Brimbles when that was brand new. The club had this yeah, scheme. Where they, <laughs> yeah, you know, the club had a scheme where we could rent these brand new houses. You know, and I think it was something like about 25 quid a week or something like that. And, and it was great. It was perfect. It went too far from the training ground. It went too far from the ground. Um, and the other thing was is it was really close to the golf course as well. <laughs> Ferry Meadows. <laughs> that, yeah, that's literally uh, 200 yards from where, where I live. So I'm, I'm, I'm in Orton, but it's a bit further down. In fact, the funny thing yeah. is yesterday I had a phone call from um, Ivan Tony, one of our uh, forwards, asking me to get him a slot at Ferry Meadows Golf Course. Um, <laughs> two in Peterborough that are open. But uh, I mean, golf was obviously very important to you even at that age then. Yeah, it was. It was something that I'd, I'd got into. Um, I became a member at Thorpewood. Um, I remember I, I, that's where I've had me, my closest ever to a hole-in-one. was the first goal there, a par three. I hit a six-iron and it lipped out. Um, you know, so I, I used to, what I used to do, though, when, um, when I was training, I would, as soon as I'd finished training, I would go straight to the golf course and I would help the, I think it was Dave and... John, I think I want to say. I can't remember the, the pros and the, the, there was two pros that one at Fortwood and then one at um, Freddie Meadows. And I would help them do their regrips and club repairs and everything like that, just so that we could get on the course earlier and then I'd get a free lesson. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was nice that you moved down with your girlfriend at the time because, as you say, making that big move as a 19 year old on your own would have been a real challenge. Yeah, I would imagine it would have been. Um, but it's, you know, it's something that's, that's happened. You know, I've never really been the guy that liked living on my own, you know. So all the way through, through my life, I've always had a partner. I mean, um, yeah, it, it was good to, to go down, but it was, it was more, it was an ideal that we actually got a house, you know, there's somewhere where we could live, you know. And, um, you know, because when I first came down, I went into the hotel that's by the station. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, yeah, that would be uh, still there. Um, uh, I can't just completely get out of my head. Yeah, I, yeah. I, can remember, I can remember going there. Because <clears throat> when we first came down and we stayed over, my dad came down as well. And uh, that's where Martin was, the manager, because he'd, he'd only just recently moved out. And um, we went into the restaurant and me and my dad couldn't understand the menu because <laughs> it was all French and all that sort of stuff. Martin had to, he had to order for us. <laughs> it was a great, great northern hotel. That was the name of it. Absolutely. It's still yeah. there now, yes. But, um, and, and obviously, Martin, he obviously played an important role in the early part of your career. Because as you say, taking you to Peterborough, giving you first team exposure, when you look back now, was obviously a critical to your career. Yeah, it was. You know, the fact that it was first team, I went straight into the team as number one. Um, and played, you know, played quite a lot of games actually, and, um, and and it was a great learning curve for me because, like I say, I was playing against men, and I was playing against quality players as well. Was, you know, obviously sometimes you're playing against players that you know that are coming towards the end, but they're still quality players, and um, and it was great. You know, the fact that I was fitting into a team morale as well that was not like people of the same age. You know, like when you when I was at Leeds as an apprentice, there were 16, 17, 18 year olds. He was like grown men, you know. I remember um, Neil Firm came down from these with me as well, mm. you know. So that 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 was a help, um, you know, him coming into the team. Um, but then just getting used to like playing with the lads and knowing the lads, you know, like Trevor Quan, Trevor Slack, and all them sort of, you know, it was just 
great, great memories. Yeah, what was the banter like back in those days? Because it's funny because I've been doing interviews with so many former players and it's almost like you have a unwritten code of things you can't say. What happened in the dressing room stays in the dressing room. But was, it, uh, was there a lot of banter flying about? There was a lot of, a lot of banter because there was, a, there was quite a few um, young lads there as well. You know, and it was, there was a few that were like my sort of age. So we did have a, a, good, a good break. But um, yeah, it's what it's like when, when young lads get together and, you know, it's, it's like the young ones versus the old ones. There were plenty of either sides without going on, I tell you. <laughs> you played, I think, 46, 47 games in, in the first season, obviously a regular in that starting uh, lineup. And I think, I think there were 13, 14 clean sheets during that time. So you must have been really happy with the momentum that you got and, and, and the ability obviously shone through with the fact that you were able to keep those clean sheets. Yeah, it was. But if, I, if I'm honest, it was just, I was just being a goalkeeper. I was, I was learning and I knew that I got to learn, you know, because... I've never really had a coach at Leeds, like a goalkeeping coach. You know, I used to train with John Lukey and we used to like coach each other, not coach each other, but just warm each other up. Um, you know, so then I moved out to, to Peterborough and it was, it was, it was really, really weird because you, you never had a coach. You know, I remember like, you know, Bill Hardy, God bless him. You know, he, he was, he was a great help to me, you know, not, not just on the field or kicking balls at me and stuff like that, but you know, in, in my own private life as well. You know, he's one of those guys that used to look after all the players. You know, and he helped me down with the move and things like that, and moving into my house. And, you know, he's a great guy. Um, you know, but he used to, he'd be like kicking balls at me, and that's as close as I got to a goalkeeping coach. It stayed that way for quite some time, actually, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I, I suppose, as you say, because of that, you, you, you tend to, you know, it's all on yourself, isn't it? It's how you want to progress as an individual. It's how, how much you want it. Yeah, but you don't know what you want at that age. You know, when I was 19, 20, um, and I didn't really, I didn't know what to do, if I'm honest. You know, I was just playing off, off raw talent, I suppose, um, you know, and, and natural talent. And it was just that every game I was learning things. I was learning different situations. You know, I'd make a mistake or whatever, but I would always learn from it. You know, and then even, you know, on the other side, you know, if you make a save and then you're getting grown men saying, oh, great save, man, you know, that, you know, it really builds your confidence really quickly, um, you know, but there was, there was also, I remember getting knocked out, I think it was up at Bury or somewhere like that, going up for a cross and getting knocked sparkle, you know, but like, and then Bill coming on and whacking, sponging my face and everything, then, then I came round, they were like, right, get back on, there's a corner, <laughs> you know, so it was, it was a really fast learning curve. Yeah, did you find that players, I mean, you mentioned uh, some of the players, Trevor Quo there, I think Mickey Jinn obviously played there at the same sort of time. Yeah. Those, those sort of players, do you, do you sort of always, because you play with so many players in your career, did little things remind you of certain individuals during your time? I remember Mickey Jinn, I just, I, I remember thinking, I've never seen feet that fast. He was, he was so quick with his feet, you know, and then obviously Trevor Quo, I always remember Trevor Quo for his hair. Because <laughs> he, he used to put so much product in his air, it was frightening. Now he used to say, if that was on the ball, I'm never going to be able to keep hold of it. <laughs> did, did, you, did you form um, sort of quick relationships with defenders? Because obviously back in those days, I imagine formation was fairly rigid and you kind of knew your jobs. But did you, did you sort of work on anything with the defenders or was it just a case of out you go and see what you can do? No, there was little bits, you know, because we had to get used to each other. Obviously, Neil came down as Neil Ferg came down, and you know, so we had to get used to that, you know, each other's style of play. Um, but it was just, it just happened, you know, because it, and it had to happen because it was 
we were just thrown in. You know, I just felt like I'd been thrown in right at the deep end, you know, because like I said, I, I was playing against men. I was playing with men as well, you know, so, you know, you, you act proper swim, you know, otherwise you really went down. <laughs> Um, the, speaking to the historian, he tells me that you, you sort of made your name as a, a, as a penalty saver, uh, which, is, which doesn't surprise me really, given what you went on to do in your career. Um, I'd imagine that um, even at that age, you get a real thrill out of um, saving penalties because it is 1v1, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's mind over matter. It's 1v1 and it's the goalie's chance of glory, you know, and it, uh, and it stayed that way all, all through my career. You know, whenever there was a penalty shootout or a penalty, I'm thinking this is a chance of being a hero. You know, I, think, I would imagine it's the closest feeling that you'd ever get to scoring a goal. Because as a goalkeeper, if you, apart from when you go up and then you score, if you, if you used to do that, I never did that. I saw the way that Peter Schmeichel ran back and pulled his hamstring. Never, ever was I going to do that run. <laughs> <laughs> so I never went up for goals or any, you know, even if it was the last minute or whatever, I never went up. But, um, you know, saving a penalty, I feel, is the closest that we, get, that we can get at scoring a goal. Is it just instinct as a, as a goalkeeper when you're facing a penalty? You just think, right, he's going to get out of the way. Because obviously nowadays you can analyse footage as much as you like. But obviously back in those days, it would have been a case of, you know, OK, I know who he is. Um, I know he scores penalties, but where's he going to go? Yeah, well, yeah, I always used to have this little routine, you know, on the angle, and then I would go. As soon as they put their head down, I would go. You know, so you don't give away... Which, which side you're going to dive to early because then they'll change it. Um, and I did that all through my career. I never looked at video footage because for me, good penalty takers, they swap sides and they know when to swap sides. Okay, they might have a favourite side when they're under pressure, but it doesn't matter. They always swap sides. And I always used to say, as soon as I got a chance in the press, on TV, I used to say, I've got a special technique that I use on penalties. And I would just get into players' minds. You know, and it was a simple one. The way that they approached the ball dictated to me which side I was going to go. Mm, incredible. And, and you mentioned, uh, obviously, playing golf. You mentioned the Great Northern Hotel and the training ground and the ground. Was there anywhere else you ventured in Peterborough or did you try and uh, stay as uh, a central <laughs> I went to the Lido a few times because my girlfriend at the time, she worked there. Um, yeah, so I was a regular there. But, still, there um, still there, David, if you want to come back for a swim. It's still there. <laughs> Not open at the moment, but... Um, it's still cold as well. <laughs> definitely is, definitely is. Uh, but, but even then, you know, like, because obviously the Peterborough's on the River Neen, isn't it? But I wasn't quite into my fishing then, you know, so I've often thought of going back and having a go. Yeah, there's plenty, plenty of spaces, plenty of places you can go around, uh, around the Peterborough area, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of the relationship with the supporters, obviously, um, you know, back then, as you say, if you were on the golf course, I'd imagine you'd encountered a number of supporters. Did you, did you end up having many chats with them about games or did they just leave you to it? No, they always wanted to chat with you, you know, and it, and it was fine. You know, I weren't one of those players that, you know, I didn't want to talk about football or anything like that, you know. But, you know, I used to love my golf. I used to play a lot of golf. Um, but, you know, to get into, when you, when you meet fans, you've always got to be, for me, you've always got to think that they are, that, that you might be their hero. And if you turn around and said, oh, you know, I can't talk to you yet, whatever, you just dash all that, that specialness that they've got for you, you know, all that um, adoration. But, um, you know, I remember, I remember being at school in our junior school, I think, and I was only about 10 or 11, if that. and. Um, we won a five-side tournament, you know, between the schools. And we had two Rotherham United players come to our school playground to present us our trophy and our little medals. 
And I always remember looking up at these two players thinking like, wow, these are real footballers. And it was only Rotherham United, you know, and it was, they were probably third or fourth division then, but it meant so much to me. And I never forgot that feeling. Mm. Um, the end of the second division, uh, second season, you won Player of the Year. Um, but I'd imagine tremendous honour. I, I can't see it on your mantelpiece behind, but I'd imagine, <laughs> I'd imagine that that was a special moment for you to be recognised for, for your achievement. Yeah, it was. It was. It was so good that um, you know it was. It was just through through me being me, you know, me learning, you know, because I'd had a right kick up the backside from Leeds. You know, and then me being a typical Yorkshireman, I think the the fire in me wants to prove people wrong, and um, that's what I think that's what was really burning inside of me is that you know I want to show people that I can I can be a goalkeeper, and and Peterborough was like a massive help in that. You know, to get you know the the player of the season in my second season was just a, an amazing feeling and a great achievement for me. You know, and it's just that it was sad that like at the end of that. I got, you know, after being player of the year, I got sold to Birmingham. Mm. Do you remember much about that particular uh, transfer? Because I think that there was a fee banded about, but no one really knew whether it was true. I don't, I'd imagine that... Uh, I, think it was, I think it was 100, either 100,000 or 125,000, mm -hmm. something like that. And um, I remember going, I think it was John Wild was manager. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember going with him to Birmingham and sat in front of... Ron Saunders, and I think it was, no, not Jim Gregory, but I remember going to, and, and sat in front of Ron Saunders, and I wasn't saying a word. John was like saying everything, Ron was saying everything, and then they were like, right, you're happy with that? I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, that was it. But the thing was, is when I went to Birmingham, um, Ron Saunders, so I'd agreed to sign, but well, I was forced to sign, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, I'd signed my contract, and then Ron Saunders right, he said, right, we're going on the, uh, on the pitch to uh, do a training session. I said, what? I said, so I've signed my contract. So I went, yeah, I want you to have a training session in front of the press. Oh, wow. So I went out, and he, he got like some of the young lads that were there ready to take, you know, that were, they were already warmed up taking shots and things like me. And I went through this massive training session. But Ron Saunders knew a lot about goalkeeping. You know, and then later on, he taught me a lot of it as well. Um, and he put, really put me through it in front of all the press and everything. And I was like, and, yeah, I must have done okay because he went into the press conference afterwards and he, just, and he says, I know it's weird that he's had a training session, but I'm telling you now, he will play for England. Because mm. you'd, you'd already played for under-21s, hadn't you, during your time at, at Peterborough? I mean, that, that was yeah. probably unheard of given the level that Peterborough were at at the time and, and the fact that you got the opportunity. And I think Jim Harvey played a, a big part in that, didn't he? Bill Harvey. Bill Harvey, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. It was, it was. Um, I, I remember getting the call as well, just like it was in the time when, obviously, there was no mobile phones there. And then one of the one of the coaches came round to my house, and actually knocked on my door, and he says, "Oh, he says I got some good news for you." And I was like, "What?" He went, "You've been called up for the England under twenty one." And I was like, "Wow!" And I remember that I was in Orton Brimbles then, um, you know. So it was, it was strange, and and but it was, it was like a stage where things started to happen. You know, like I was playing well, voted player of the year, getting out England call up. I remember my first England call up as well for the under 21s. There was a guy called, I think it was Alan Hodgson, mm -hmm. who was a goalkeeping coach. And I never forget it. I mean, my first ever training session, and I was sick. I was ne well, nearly sick on the side. 
just, just through exhaustion. Because he'd like put me through like so many exercises in quick succession and everything. And I remember thinking to myself, if that's what I've got to do, I'm never going to be an England goalkeeper. Mm. You know, so I, I remember that memory like really clearly and just the, the horrible feeling of like trying to hold back, you know, like, you know, just been wretched. And, and, then, and then when I look back, I was thinking well, that wasn't the right way to introduce me to uh, international football. But anyway, I did okay. <laughs> and, and of course, uh, everybody you know who, who watched you during your time as a as a Peterborough player always remember remember you so fondly. And and sometimes when a youngster comes into a club, you know, it's, as you said before, it's sink or swim. Obviously, you you swam quite quickly, and you got you yeah. know, football. And and when when people always describe you, they say that they knew straight away that you would go on to be a top goalkeeper. Did you think during that time, I mean, it's hard to remember back now, but when you were playing Peterborough that you had the opportunity to do that? No, because I was, I was just playing off uh, raw talent, you know, and, and just natural ability. I didn't, obviously, I've, I've been at Leeds for three years, but, you know, when you have that news that you, you've been released, um, it, was, it was just devastating. So you, you, you're always questioning yourself, are you good enough? You know, and even even after like two years at, at Peterborough, you know, I still wasn't sure. It was then then it became like little steps. So then I went from Peterborough to Birmingham, you know, and, and that was at a stage when Birmingham were in the second division, mm. and then you know we got luckily we got promotion in in my first first year there, um, you know. So it was always just it was like building confidence and building experience and never really being aware of what you're doing, you know, because things were always getting better. <laughs> um, you've got a suite named after you at the stadium as it stands at this moment. I know, I love that. <laughs> the stadium has changed somewhat, I think, since, since your time in the, at the football club, and obviously there's plans to build a, another one. Don't worry, I'll make sure the suite comes with us. Um, I'll, uh, I'll come and open it again if you want. <laughs> but it is nice to be recognised, isn't it? I know, it's great, and I remember coming back, and, and it was really nice, you know, that, um, at the opening of that, of the uh, the David Seaman suite, and it was, it was cool, you know, and I love coming back, because I, the memories come flooding back, and I appreciate what Peterborough did for me. It was a massive, massive moment in my career, um, because it gave me a chance to, to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, but then it also gave me a chance to have the, the, the fantastic career that I had. And just finally, you, you're on the telly every time I switch on the remote at the moment. You, you're on the <laughs> 96 re revisited, which is great to go down memory lane. And of course, you, you're still playing. Yeah, well, I'm still trying to play. I've, I've, I've hung up the gloves now because I did the Harry's Heroes. And honestly, the, the head says, yeah, you've got that ball. And the body's like five minutes later, it might react. It, it's a horrible feeling, you know, when, when yeah, I'm 56, I'm nearly 57. And, you know, there's a time to call it a day. You know, there's a time when you know that you, you can't do it anywhere near what you wanted to or what you used to do. Uh, our goalkeeper coach, Mark Tyler, who's 43, who's obviously um, second in the all-time appearance list at Peterborough, he's still not said the R word because he doesn't, no. want, he doesn't want it to be final. Just in case that every other goalkeeper gets injured, he can sign on a non-contract term. <laughs> It's yeah. so hard to say it, I think, for him. But you can understand why, yeah. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Because when once he, once you're done, you ain't ever going back. You know, I was lucky. I retired at 40. And, and I was at Man City. And, and I retired 
through injury. Um, and but I'd all, I'd already decided I was going to finish at the end of the season. Mm. It's just that the injury that I, I suffered brought it forward a, a, by about two or three months. Um, you know, so that was my defining moment. I knew I was going to be retired. And mm. it, when it's gone, you know, the training stops like that. The, the playing stops, and it's it happens so fast that your and your body just like changes. Of training every day to because what happens then is that you start eating the same, but you're not exercising the same. So then you're like, whoa, I've got to do something about this. You know, and that's like part of with the Harris Heroes thing as well. You know, everybody thinks it's all going to be about football. It's not. It's about men's health and men's mental health as well. You know, so it's um, it, it's a really interesting series that's uh, that's attracted a lot of a lot of praise. You know, because we're dealing with a lot of other stuff rather than just uh, playing football or trying to play football.